Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, Bills Mafia? I know you missed them because I did. Ryan Talbot back in the saddle for the Staples Show Wednesday night. Shout a Buffalo Bills football podcast back in your life. And we're brought to you, as always, by Tops Friendly Markets. Prepare for a Thanksgiving like no other with unbelievable savings on everything you need to create a memorable holiday meal. Need a juicy golden turkey? How about fresh cranberries for a cranberry sauce that's bursting with tangy sweetness? Tops has got it all and more. As you plan your Thanksgiving menu, make Tops your destination uh, destination for savings. So, Ryan, before we get too far into this, and we're going to take you into everything that was said at One Bill's Drive over the last 24 hours about the bar- departure of Ken Dorsey, I did an emergency podcast with our good friend John Scott yesterday, pinch hitting for you. What are your thoughts? Where do you stand with now Joe Brady as the new OC and, and Ken Dorsey out? Yeah, you know, in terms of the timing, it was peculiar. If you go back and watch that Broncos game, I would say Matthew Smiley would would have been the you know on the hottest seat based on the way the special teams unit uh, fared based on that mistake at the end of the game. I think Sean McDermott had some big gaffes uh, in, in that game as well. And then really, you look at Ken Dorsey. Yes, the offense did not look great, but a lot of their drives were stalled by turnovers that he had no control over. That being said, this offense has not been right or looked right, Matt, since October 1st, the game against the Miami Dolphins. And that's really worrisome that you've had all these games since then and you've not been able to get this offense back on track. At 5-5, five and five, I completely understand the move. Uh, I, I think that where, you know, Sean McDermott won't come out and say it, but Josh Allen's play has not been good enough. And, and you know, he said the turnovers have hurt them. He's, he's essentially said that. You can't bench a quarterback like Josh Allen, but you can move on from the offensive coordinator that he had a big, big role in selecting once Brian Dable went to the New York Giants and say, this clearly isn't working. We're at five and five. We're not coming close to meeting expectations and something has to change. Yeah, and I think that, you know, the Josh Allen piece in all of this to me is the most interesting to kind of dissect because Ken Dorsey was his guy. Right. Like he's the guy that when Brian Dable went um, to New York, Josh Allen came out pretty soon after that and, and put his full weight, his, his full support behind Ken Dorsey. And you felt the emotional pull on Allen today when he was talking about what this move meant to him. You know, he, he felt responsibility. He said he took it 
personally because this is a guy that he credits for a lot of the success that he's had in this, in this league. Probably nobody more than D Dable, but if you're starting to kind of go through the power rankings of, of people in the NFL, I, I think you'd probably put Dorsey ahead of even Sean McDermott uh, when it comes to the, the evolution of, of Josh Allen and what he's meant to him. So him being out at this stage is – it's a couple things. I think it it feels very much like there's a line in the sand that's been drawn um, inadvertently, purposefully. I'm not sure the, the meaning behind it, but it feels like with the way that Sean McDermott's talked about everything over the last 24 hours, the defense, and what he's doing over there, they might feel like they're, they're, they've been hung out to dry a little bit by this offense that has struggled to score points, averaging 20 points a game in the last six where they've lost four of those six, and the turnovers have just been, Josh Allen has said it, unacceptable. And so you wonder if this isn't a message to the entire offense, Josh Allen included, that nobody's untouchable. Like, this is not going to be the way that this ship goes down, if you will, if the offense isn't holding their end of the bargain. And now listen, it's interesting too, because Sean McDermott really leaned and boasted about this defensive performance against the Denver Broncos. They weren't facing uh, one of the top offenses in the league against the Denver right. Broncos. I mean, Russell Wilson and, and the boys struggled quite a bit this season. It's a big reason why they're three, four, four and five through nine games after going out and getting Sean McDermott trading for Russell Wilson. And it's funny. I think it was Cortland Sutton, Sutton posted on his Instagram story. Like, Somehow Russell Wilson has arrived and everybody needs to apologize for all of the slander slung towards Mr. Unlimited. Let's pump the brakes here. Okay. It's a couple of good games. They've beaten a couple of decent teams. We'll see where things stand in a couple of weeks. And, and that's all well and good, but it feels like a bit of an overreaction. Maybe Sean McDermott here in the last couple of days about how well his defense has played and they have played well. And we're going to talk about a couple pieces of it. The real tests are coming, Ryan. Sh Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, they start after this week, I guess, because Zach Wilson's up first. Um, <laughs> Dak Prescott played as well as anybody in the foot in the NFL right now. Things are about to slip. You're going to need this offense, and maybe Sean McDermott knows that. And this is the kind of move that could potentially galvanize that group because they need to be galvanized. Yeah, listen, this offense has been spinning its wheels, and I don't think it just magically changes overnight. If you stay with Ken Dorsey, uh, things weren't clicking for a variety of reasons. Turnovers have been brutal, but like you just said, I, I think that Sean McDermott, especially over the last six quarters, uh, you go back to the Cincinnati game, that defense was pretty much lights out in the second half uh, against a good Bengals team after the Bengals had put up 21 points in the first half. And then you go against Denver, and yes, Denver is not the greatest show on turf, uh, but this defense played very well, and you're saying this is supposed to be a top three, top five offense easily on paper. You have an elite quarterback in Josh Allen. You have a top five wide receiver in Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is still top five in receptions, receiving yards, and uh, receiving touchdowns after you know this Denver game. You have that. You have a young guy in James Cook who averaged nine yards per carry on this last game alone. You have Dalton Kincaid. You've barely been dinged up on the offensive side of the ball. Yes, you're without Dawson Knox. But this team is struggling to put up points week in, week out. Something had to change as kind of a wake-up call of sorts. And, 
you know, is this going to work? Who knows? This could just be, you know, Joe Brady might come in and, and try to put his own spin on things. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what he, he tried to do in Carolina in, in this show, I'm sure. But it doesn't mean it's going to work. But listen, it's something Sean McDermott has to do. I know he signed an extension this <laughs> offseason, but he has to feel his seat getting a little bit warmer. Leslie Frazier moved on in the offseason. McDermott said, I'm going to do, I'm going to call uh, the defense. He just got rid of his offensive coordinator. You're, you're running out of people to, you know, I don't want to say blame, but in, in terms of why this season hasn't been a success. And uh, if they don't write the ship here, it, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens at the end of the year, because as good as the regular season record has been, Matt, they've taken a step back every year. It feels like playoff time, championship game in 2020, the 13 seconds in 2021, really struggling to, to defeat a Miami Dolphins team last year in the wild card round that had a third string quarterback in. Uh, and again, a lot of it had to do with mistakes on offense and turnovers and things like that. They seem to be regressing in games that matter most. And that does not bode well for someone uh, who has preached trusting the process. If you're going backwards, it's hard for that message to resonate within your locker room. You know, the, the vibe around the building today was it felt like, uh, you know, I don't know the best way to put it, but it just definitely felt like the air had come out of the balloon a little bit, right? Like everybody was kind of dealing with it their own way. I mean, Von Miller talking about like just the struggle that it's been for Josh Allen this season and kind of lobbing his support behind his quarterback, which is not surprising. Uh, there's there's very few hype men in the NFL as good as, as Von Miller. Um, but this offense in general, um, I, I want to get into what it's going to look like now with Joe Brady calling the offense. We're going to get a chance to talk to him tomorrow, which I think is his first press conference since he became the quarterback's coach uh, in at the start of the 2022 season. And I, I think it's interesting because there's two different ways to look at it. What it's going to be this week against the Jets on a short week where they got to probably try to make some adjustments, but I don't know how much they're going to be able to change holistically in their offense schematically. Um, Albert Breer put out a great story today where he talked to a couple of NFL executives and front office folks about what's gone wrong with the bills and early uh, uh, thoughts on, on the Brady move. And you know, you, you think about Brady from Carolina, you think about Brady at, at LSU, but even I had to be re- kind of reminded of his ties to Sean Payton and the, the style of offense that was run there. You mentioned it when we were talking earlier today about, you know, maybe leaning into a little bit more under center, some of the play action possibilities, which where the Bills have been really good this year, maybe we see just a little bit more of that right from the jump, but then also like, you know, just from a conceptual standpoint, having a new voice and feeling the pressure a little bit of a change this big, having somebody lose their job and the, the connectivity to the to the team with his family based here and the investment that he's made, how much Dorsey has meant to Josh Allen in this offense, you have a chance to really energize this group. And that was the buzzword that Sean McDermott has been using the last couple of days. And energize is just right because, as you said, he can't install his entire offense in less than four days. He probably can't install his entire offense by the end of this season. That's just how it is. But he can sprinkle some of it in. He can take away some of the things that just weren't working for the Bills. He can get away from those 
shotgun, third and one, second and one type of carries and go under center. He has been a big proponent of using pre-snap motion. At least he was in Carolina. And like you said, you know, before LSU, he was at uh, New Orleans for two seasons. And I found a clip in this article I wrote yesterday about, you know, who is Joe Brady. And it's funny, Sean Payton actually told him before he left for LSU, you're making a huge mistake. Well, he goes to LSU as the passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach. And yes, he, he has some NFL Hall of Fame level talent there. But he took uh, he took Joe Burrow from, I think, a 16 touchdown year the year before that to a 60 touchdown performance. And uh, he really made that offense go. Well, you have an elite quarterback in Josh Allen. You have an elite wide receiver in Stephon Diggs. You have some other really good pass-catching options, including a rookie, Dalton Kincaid. Use some of that pre-snap motion to create mismatches uh, pre-snap. You Go under center more. Like you said, the Bills have had a lot of success running play action from under center. Get that mixed in a little bit more. Uh, he talked about the importance of having a quarterback that can use his feet. And, and he said, not necessarily as a runner, but someone that can move around in the pocket and scramble. Josh Allen can do that. So I'm sure there are a lot of concepts that Joe Burrow is, or Joe Burrow, excuse me, Joe Brady is going to try to mix in to this offense as soon as this Sunday. And, you know, although we said it's against Zach Wilson and the Jets, this Jets defense has had Josh Allen's number the past year, you know, last year, the first game this year. They cause a lot of frustration for him. So if Brady can come out, and put together an offensive uh, you know, game plan where the Bills actually look somewhat right against this team, can pull away against a, a team that has a really bad offense with Zach Wilson and company who had their own offensive uh, players-only meeting this week, then it's at least a step in the right direction. It's a big step in, in the right direction. It's a major test passed right out of the gate before you get to some of these heavyweight battles you have against the likes of the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Chargers, etc. Um, Alan was asked about his comfort level with Brady and it was interesting. He said, we've got no choice, but to be comfortable, but he did add that Brady's been a consistent voice in that quarterback's room. And that's one of the areas like, I think we're really going to get to learn more about the dynamic between Brady and Allen and, and, and the offense as a whole. Kyle Allen was complimentary of him today when he spoke about him uh, for a few minutes. Um, Allen was also asked, how has Joe Brady helped you? Um, He's an extremely hard worker, Alan said. He's always in the building first, uh, first one in, last one out. I doubt he got any sleep last night, obviously kind of being thrown into a role like this, but it's not a congratulations move. Like, it's not a move. It's not the kind of move where you call up Joe Brady and you congratulate him. Uh, congratulate him. This is happening because the Bills' offense hasn't worked. He said, he's in there because we didn't do our jobs, and now we're like... Uh, I said our backs are against the wall and he's ready to go in. He's prepared. Uh, we got to follow his lead and make sure that we have his back. So I, I thought it was interesting that, that Alan kind of put it that way, that this isn't something that like is celebratory. When you go back and think about Joe Brady's run in Carolina, it ended abruptly when he was fired in, in his second season. So he's been on the other end of this where you know, somebody was coming in to take his job. And so it's kind of like an awkward, weird situation. Sean McDermott said there's some ideas that Joe Brady Brady talked about uh, when he you know told him that he was going to go with him as the offensive coordinator. And, and I just wonder how long it's going to take him to put his fingerprints on this offense. And if this is something that maybe 
you know, you'll never really learn this, but were there any like philosophical differences between Brady and Dorsey where maybe there was an idea that could unlock this thing that wasn't able to really play out because Dorsey was the one calling the shots. Yeah, that's just it. Not a congratulation type of move, uh, but you've been given the keys to a car that's been broken down for the past month and a half. And, you know, here it is, fix it. And it's yours essentially. Uh, There's no going back to Ken Dorsey now. And, uh, it will be interesting to see. Obviously, like you said, Joe Bray's not going to come out tomorrow at his press conference and say, well, I wanted to do this and Ken Dorsey wanted to do that. But we're going to see some things I would expect over the next few weeks in this offense where why didn't the Bills do X, Y, and Z more under uh, under this previous coordinator? Why is Joe Brady implementing so much of it? Is this something where he went to Ken Dorsey and said, hey, I think this would really work and Ken just really wanted to stick with his own system and, and what he thought was working. Um, he won't come out and say it, but the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. We're going to see it uh, against the Jets. We're going to see it against the Eagles. And then especially post by Matt, we're really going to have a good idea of what this offense is going to look like and what it could look like potentially if the Bills can somewhat salvage this season, what it could look like next year if everyone comes back and, and he remains in that spot as offensive coordinator. At the end of the day, this is a great audition for him. After, like you said, his Carolina tenure ended so early, you go back and you look at the conflict uh, uh, that there was there with him and Matt Rule, and Matt Rule kind of uh, got rid of him. He was the scapegoat, so to speak. Before that, he was one of the hottest names on the market. He was on, uh, uh, getting interviews for offensive coordinator. I think he had a head coaching interview that same year yeah. in the NFL after being a passing game coordinator. So, his star definitely, you know, dimmed down a little bit after that. And now he has a chance to, one, prove himself all over again. Two, prove he's the right guy for this, you know, offensive coordinator job for the Bills. And I think it would take a lot. But if he can somehow help get this team, sneak this team into a wild card spot, it will speak volumes about what he's done with this offense. One thing that we should probably touch on here, I've seen it asked in the in the chat here. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, by the way, thank you for joining us on a Wednesday night. Hit that like button. Subscribe as well. What to make of the special teams uh, blunder uh, in the in the game the other day? The outlook for Matthew Smiley and then what this all means by like, would Sean McDermott have fired Ken Dorsey if that hadn't have happened? Like, I think that that's an interesting talking point. Like, listen, I don't think that the offense showed enough in this game that it was getting out of its funk. So if this was a, something that you were considering for a few weeks and it kind of felt like McDermott was alluding to that over the last couple of days when he's talked about it, that, you know, he, he felt like this was the time to make the move and maybe it's something that they, you know, they've been considering and he had tried to throw his support behind uh, Dorsey, whatever the case may be. But a, a couple of things, first of all, should Matthew Smiley be held accountable for this? Should he have lost his job? Um, and then, what do you think happens if they win this game? Do they try to make it to the Jets game? Do they try to kind of keep uh, the status quo, or do they do they make this change regardless? I don't know if they make this change regardless. I have a hard time believing if they win the game, they make the change regardless. Now, Sean McDermott could have pointed to the, the four turnovers and somehow pinned that on Dorsey and how this offense has had too many turnovers this year. Uh, they've turned the ball over too much. They flipped the field and the whole complimentary football spiel. 
But I also feel like the next time the Bills would have lost, he would have been out the door. And if that's in the back of your mind as the head coach, it's better to do it now than just wait for your next loss, potentially, uh, because you're not doing yourself any favors. You're not doing this this offense any favors or this team as a whole any favors. As for Matthew Smiley, you know, he was the corner that probably had the worst outing of all. Uh, you, you talk about the too many men on the field penalty at the end of the game. You talk about the fact that Sam Martin has not been punting well the, the past few weeks. Uh, the coverage unit has given up a lot of yards, and part of that is these line drive kicks where the coverage team can't get down there and, and can't get there in time, and it's creating these lanes. But the special teams unit has really struggled where we've talked about this, Matt. The Bills have invested a ton of money in special teams players every year under Sean McDermott. Tyler Matikevich was one of his you know, first big gets as a head coach, and he was excited about it. And they've uh, brought in player after player, and this is supposed to be a strength of this team, and it has not been. So, you know, the seat should be feeling getting hotter for Matthew Smiley, too. And John McDermott gave the same line that he gave to Ken Dorsey week after week after week yesterday when he was asked about Smiley. I have confidence in Matthew, and I have confidence in the special teams unit. You can say it, but if this unit keeps playing that way, Smiley could be the next to go, uh, whether it's in season or as soon as the season is over, because that is, you know, I don't want to say it's McDermott's bread and butter, but he has stressed the importance of special teams since day one. It's so funny looking at the DVOA stats. Um, the Bills rank eighth in the NFL in total DVOA, third in offensive DVOA. 21st in defensive DVOA and now they were much higher uh before the injury so obviously that that's baked in there and they've been playing better I thought the last couple of weeks coming off a really good performance this past week and then um 22nd in um special teams DVOA which to me is quite a shock to your point because it is something that they pride themselves on they spend money on the Bills were the number one ranked DVOA special teams unit in 2022. So they've literally dropped to the bottom third of the league in one season. And I'm trying to think off the top of my head, the only real regular contributor to teams that doesn't play this year, probably DeMar Hamlin and Taiwan Jones, Jones, I would say, are the two that um, were regulars. They probably had a bunch of snaps for them last year that aren't getting them this year. But that's unacceptable. And so I I think for Matthew Smiley, you got to feel like you're in the danger zone because there's no no other coordinators left to be a scapegoat at this point. And your unit, if you're looking at this thing overall, cost the Bills a win. When you look back at this schedule, if you want to take, like through 10 games, if you want to take the two games that to me are the biggest abominations, if you will, it's going to start with the Denver game and that special teams blunder at the end. You know, the, the offense wasn't good, but they did enough to win the game. At the end of the game, at the end of the day, you have to make a stop on that last drive. And then I go to the Patriots game. When the, another game, the offense wasn't great, but you score 25 points. You get a, you go ahead late in the game and all you have to do is stop Mac Jones and one of the most anemic offenses in the NFL. I mean, we're, what a month later and Mac Jones is bench. He's going to be the third quarterback this Sunday or uh, the next week after the Patriots buy. It just hasn't been good enough. And, you know, I asked Sean McDermott about how he balanced this decision with his own accountability. 
And I think at first, like some people were talking about this on social media and, and wondering if he didn't like the question. I don't think he didn't like the question. I think he wanted to understand specifically what I was asking about because he has been forthcoming about the idea that he had his stamp on the offense. He had involvement with how the off offensive identity was set. Ken Dorsey even said that. So when you're, when you're involved in setting that standard, how do you balance your vision, not mesh meshing with Dorsey's and what your, maybe your role in the accountability is in the failures of the offense. Um, and, and he kind of came back and said, you know, everything starts with him, but it does feel like he does put a lot on the coordinators when things tend to go wrong. And he, and he did it with Dable before Dorsey. Right. And we kind of have an inkling of how that relationship uh, went at the end based on the, uh, post-game handshake between the, the two of them at this year's game between the Giants and the Bills. But, you know, it was a great question, Matt, because is he meddling too much with this offense? Is he trying to get the offense to do something that uh, maybe wasn't in Ken Dorsey's wheelhouse? And, you know, in terms of ball control, the long sustained drives, taking away the, the, the big plays. And I don't think he would ever say he wants to take big plays out of the system, but maybe he wanted – time management and eating up the clock against some of these better teams, whatever it is. Now he has to kind of take a step back and say, is this working with my involvement in the offense? And yeah, you can be a great mind to kind of help the offensive game plan. This is what I would do as a defensive coordinator. Here's how <coughs> you could attack it. But if you're meddling too much with this and now you've just fired your offensive coordinator, you might have to take a step back and say, I'm going to kind of let Joe Brady run with this thing see what he can do, see if he can get this offense back on track, because if the offense is putting up points, it's going to help his uh, defense that has been just absolutely riddled with injuries this year, because you're going to make defenses or their opposing offenses, excuse me, one dimensional. And you can attack that more uh, where they've been able to run on the bills and pass on the bills and, and not with great success, but they've been able to be multifaceted and, and keeping the bills on their toes, so to speak. So, uh, you know, he is the head coach at the end of the day, but maybe his involvement did play a role in why Ken Dorsey's success was very limited here. Um, if you want to have unlimited, I know the Bills just played Russell Wilson. I'm going to keep using that unlimited Bills content at your fingertips. You want to become a shout Buffalo Bills insider. Join the text line 716-528-6727. That's 716-528-6727. Get all the Bills content you, that your heart can desire. Ryan just fired off uh, some analysis on the pro football focus grades today. I've been sending them long thoughts uh, to the insiders about these, um, uh, about the firing of Ken Dorsey over the last 24 hours. The shout text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Byer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Letro, located at 237 Main Street in Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give him a call. 716 852-1234. That's 716-852-1234. Or check out LitroLaw.com. All right, Ryan. So the Bills sit here at five and five. We know that the rest of the way is going to be a challenge. You figure at five wins, you, you probably need five more to, to punch your ticket into the playoffs. Maybe four gets it done. Um, but this is an AFC that it doesn't feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers are relent relenting. 
I could see a path to them doing so. Cleveland got some news today with Sean Watson being out for the season, which, by the way, I don't think is huge news. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's huge news, obviously, in the NFL, but I don't think it's like cataclysmic to their playoff chances. I, I think you could put in PJ Walker, and it's about the same kind of production. I know that people are leaning into the second half that he had last week against the Baltimore defense that just folded. But I'm not overreacting to that. He hasn't been good this year. So, no, uh, PJ Walker. A young kid, though, I guess, on uh, oh. this week, it looks like. Okay. Which will be interesting. But you're right. I mean, it's not huge news. For as great as he was in the second half against Baltimore, he was absolutely horrendous in the first half. And he has not looked like a uh, fully guaranteed type of contract quarterback in his entire stint. They have a great defense. Uh, obviously, losing their, their star back earlier this year in Chubb was the big loss. But they can still hang. Uh, but, yeah, that's definitely improved Buffalo's slim playoff chances. I have questions about Pittsburgh. They're finding ways to win. I just don't know if it's something that can hold up. Uh, for as good as Kenny Pickett has been in terms of protecting the football, he's been very mediocre in terms of actual quarterback play itself. Uh, I think that could catch up to them at some point. But these are a lot of what-ifs, considering the Bills have not looked right in so long. So, uh, the Bills have their own set of issues, if they and if they want to really get into this playoff picture, pulling out four wins or five wins is going to be very, very difficult. So let's go through these games, and we'll pick out a couple of teams. Um, man, this is going to be tough for, for Bills fans to hear, but of the remaining games, the Bills play the Jets, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. So that is seven games remaining. I'm looking at the top DVO DVOA defenses in the NFL. Check this out, Ryan. So we got the, which, oh, this was uh, 2022. So I'm like, the bills are in the top five. I'm like, what's going on? That's not the case anymore. Um, resetting this. So how many, how many do you think the bills play in terms of top 10 DVOA defenses um, down the stretch of their seven remaining games? Put a guess out there. Four. Four. That would have been my guess. It, I think, is three. Okay. The Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the Jets. Obviously, the Jets come up here next. Then you have New England, which is middle of the pack at 13. You have Philadelphia, who's down to 19, which I think is a bit surprising. Yeah, surprising. They were real, they were top five last year. Uh, and then you got Miami, who, uh, who's at 22, and then the Chargers, uh, Wolf, Brandon Staley. You want to talk <laughs> about a guy that's going to get fired. 27th. Yeah. The Chargers are in defense, and they're coming off of a game where uh, totally embarrassing that they they lost that game. Um, <clears throat> we're gonna get to the super chat here in a minute. I've had it up on the uh, screen here for like five minutes, uh, like a boss over on YouTube. Thanks for the super chat. Two hundred watching on YouTube. Thank you. Hit that like and subscribe. My question is: Everyone wanted Dorsey fired, but now that they are not happy uh, that he is gone, and <clears throat> I think it's like, I think the majority of people are like okay, it was a move that I either wanted I or I would have been okay with. It just felt a little bit weird, Ryan, when it happened, I think yes. was the biggest um, problem. Yeah, it, it comes down to timing. Uh, that In that game, the offense was far from perfect with all their turnovers, but Ken Dorsey can't make Gabe Davis catch a ball that hits him in the hands. Uh, he, he can't you know, make Josh Allen hand off a ball properly to James Cook. He can't make <laughs> James Cook hold on to a ball. Those turnovers were not based on his scheme or his play calling is what I'm getting at at the end of the day. And uh, I feel like Sean McDermott had more, you know, bigger issues with this team 
or in that game that, you know, going all out blitz on a second play in a row, that was very costly. Uh, obviously the head coaching decisions too, and stretching himself so thin as the defensive coordinator as well, probably did not allow him to take note of the amount of players on the field for that last play. And we've already talked about Matthew Smiley in, in total uh, or totality. So it, it's just the timing of it was off. I, I don't think that people aren't happy with and, and no one's happy when someone loses their job. Let me also say that. But this offense wasn't working. If they were going to make the change, though, why don't you make the change after you lose to, uh, you know, a bad uh, Patriots team? Why don't you make the change after struggling in some of these other games that, you know, they really could have and should have won? You know why, Ryan? Like, to me, it feels like it's a reactive move, which I think is funny because Sean McDermott talked about, like, not wanting to be a little bit less reactive as an offense, um, you know, and, and more proactive, if you will. It felt like uh, I have to do something, anything. And this was like the easiest one decision to make because the offense has struggled so much to score points. And, and I get that. But at the end of the day, like if this doesn't change, it, it's a gamble. Like you almost like if you're Sean McDermott, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because if you make this move, now there's so much more pressure on you as you move down the stretch to not get this thing, the ship righted. But at the same time, if you don't do anything, People are going to be like, why aren't you? It's that it's that meme, like the the stick on the Bills logo, like do yeah, something. Do something, yeah. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. Uh, I see something here in the comments saying, you keep saying Smiley should be held accountable while also calling him a scapegoat. That doesn't make any sense. No, we, I think we were saying that Sean McDermott is running out of people to blame. Uh, he, you know, he moved on from Leslie Frazier, said he wanted to have that imprint on the defense. He wanted to run the show. And listen, when that unit was healthy, the defense looked great. Um, and then, you know, the offense has not been clicking in all cylinders. So you're definitely, you know, saying that the timing of this makes it look like Ken Dorsey might've been a scapegoat for the bills falling to five and five. I'm not saying personally that I, I think that, uh, Smiley would be a, you know, a scapegoat for Sean McDermott. I'm simply saying that right now he, the special teams unit is well below average in terms of where they should be. But McDermott's just simply running out of guys to fire where, you know, it's the uh, – I can't think of the name of the show on Netflix. I actually watched all the time. He's dressed up in the and hot dog suit. No, he's yeah. dressed up in the hot dog suit. He's like, we're trying to figure out who's who's at uh, fault here. Is that the uh, Jason Bateman show? No, it's a comedy sketch show. And Okay. Uh, I, can, I can't follow your, your – I know. Your shows. I mean, it's bad enough that you were talking about garbage plates on Twitter today, dude. Can you just <laughs> relax, please? And no offense oh, to the person that plate. posted the the plate. Uh, no offense, but come on. Don't get, get that off my timeline, Talbot. Um, Maranto says they wanted McDermott fired. That's why they're not happy, which, listen, that, that could be the case. Um, I don't see a path to, to Sean McDermott being fired in 2023. I just don't. Like, I, I don't see, unless it's a complete loss of the locker room and it's evident and it comes out in the media and it's ugly and it's nasty, like, even if they miss the playoffs, like, I just think about Terry's pocketbook and, like, they just signed him to an extension. Like, I, the Rex Ryan situation is so different because it was a, you know, he hadn't won anything, he hadn't done anything, and it was a complete just, like, organizational failure whereas with McDermott it's like sure is this a step back 
yes, but there's been nothing but consistent success and moving the whole organization forward during his tenure. I mean, it's going to have to be something spectacular for him to lose his job this year. I, I guess I would I would push back with that this team wins seven games at the end of the year. This was a team that was a Super Bowl contender going into the season by all accounts, one of the, the betting favorites and on paper, one of the best rosters in this league. And you fall that short, I think that's, you know, strike one, so to speak. And you're right. If the locker room aspect of it is next, you know, that's strike two. If you lose the locker room, you almost have to move on. But I'm also thinking of this shiny new stadium that's going to be opening in a few years and the fact that you want to appease your fan base. Unless you shouldn't make decisions to appease a fan base, especially a reactionary move. But you also have to keep in mind that you have a prime Josh Allen. You have a prime Stefan Diggs who prime Stefan Diggs might only be another year or two. Right. And you can sit there and say, we've taken a step back every year in terms of the playoffs. We didn't make the playoffs this year. Is this as far as Sean McDermott can take us? And if there is an offensive-minded coach out there, Ben Johnson comes to mind, that you think can turn this thing around very quickly and, and get them contending, do you make the move then? And, and at least then it's something where it makes sense in my mind, in my opinion, where you're saying, we went the defensive route, we got pretty far, but now I want someone to come in here that's going to have Josh Allen firing on all cylinders, that's going to have Stefan Diggs playing at a high level. Hey, we have a pretty decent first-round pick this year in terms of where we're drafting. Let's let this new offensive-minded coach come in and have a say on who's going to fit my offense at wide receiver or do we need a, a different type of offensive lineman to best suit this, this team? What do we need? So that would be the only thing in my mind where – I could see maybe Terry Pagula say, we, we've gone as far as we can with these, this head coach. He's, he's really changed the culture. He brought us success, but it is time to move on. And, and you know, when, when you are an owner of a team, you're a, a billionaire with a, with a capital B. You can kind of eat a contract even when you've signed someone to an extension. Speaking of a capital B, Brian Chilson asks, if the day comes for McDermott to go, would B, Bean be gone too? It's a challenge, right? Because McDermott arrived first. They're they're connected in a lot of ways. Um, I think it would be a disservice to the fan base for Terry to make any Terry Begula to make any decision based on linking them together. I do think you have to treat them as separate entities, despite the the real success of them working together over the years. And I think for me, being notches above McDermott. Only because he found the quarterback, and in this in this sport, that's so difficult. And he was convinced about it. Like from very early on in the process, he had kind of like made that decision. I know stuff has come out about who they necessarily wanted and who was up where on their draft board, but you know, all accounts lead back to being nailing the most important pick a franchise can can make. And so, to me. There's been a lot of question marks about his draft record. You know, part of the draft record is based on, you know, the coach's input. And, you know, how much was, was Sean McDermott involved in the draft pick of Boogie Basham? How much was Sean McDermott involved in the draft pick of Kyer Elam? And, you know, another interesting piece uh, from that Albert Breer article today was something we've talked about many times in this podcast. And the fact that the Bills wanted Trent McDuffie 
right? Like they, they wanted it. There's my shocked face. We've talked about this for years. Yeah. And they had to settle for Kyrie Elam. And now it's like this, you know, you hope that that's a lesson learned uh, for uh, looking ahead to the 2024 draft. But anyway, we, we can talk around, around this over and over again. And, and we are going to spend a lot of time on this over the next couple of months, but I want to finish before we get out of here on the topic that we had kind of started to get into. Can the bills make the playoffs? They have seven games left. They play four really good defenses. They need at least four wins, probably five. Is there five wins in that in in there for this team? Do you see five wins? I see three. I see a three, potentially three. I see I think they can beat the Jets. I think they can beat the Chargers. I think they can beat the Patriots. Then you got to come up with probably two more against the Dolphins and against one of three between the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs. So I agree with you on the three that you chose first and foremost. And if you would have said get to 10, I would have obviously before this past game, I would have said the, the Broncos would have had been one of those five and, and that didn't work out that way. Uh, I will say that Dolphins are week 18, correct? The final week of the season. Yes. Hypothetically, if they've won the division, they can't change their seating. The Bills might get backups in that game. And you don't want, you know, you don't want to say, well, that's the only way they can win. They, they, Thumped them by four touchdowns the last time they played, but the defense was really healthy. I could see Miami being another win there just because of the circumstances. Miami doesn't want to risk losing anyone come playoff time. So there's there's four potentially. The Chiefs one to me would be the next one I would choose even over the Cowboys, which might sound surprising. But that Chiefs offense is still going through things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have great weapons at wide receiver. Travis Kelsey has been up and down this year. As funny as the, you know, or annoying to some people is that stat is about when Taylor Swift's in attendance and when she's not, he has had some really up and down games where he's been really involved other games where he's been phased out some way, somehow. And as good as that defense has been, Josh Allen has kind of had that defense's number. So I think they can hang in that game. I worry about the Eagles game. Maybe they surprise me, but uh, I think the Eagles have a, a strong front on the defensive side of the ball. I think they uh, have a good offense that can hurt the Bills, so that one's a tough one to convince me on. And, and listen, Dallas is Dallas. They they put up some duds here and there, but I also watched uh, them really go for the throat against the New York Giants last week, and the Giants are terrible. They, they played Tommy DeVito, don't get me wrong. But they didn't take the foot off the gas pedal, and that's one of the things that I appreciated about them in that game. They just went for it. Uh, and, and they have plenty of talent on both sides of the ball to give the Bills some fit. So uh, I would probably have to insert the Chiefs as that fifth game. Do I see it happening? Not necessarily. I, I, I can be convinced on four, though. So I'm not convinced on the Cowboys. That's part of uh, the conversation here. They've played great football. They're one of the best teams in the NFL uh, right now. And over the last month, they've been really good. Um, but on the road in December, I – I don't know that that, that that Cowboys team. It doesn't scare me if I if if I'm the Bills. Um, somebody asked in here, Scott. I think uh, what gives you an iota of confidence this team can win three games? I mean, there's a good chance, or there's a chance that the version of this team that we've seen over the last six games is is who they are, and they go down the stretch and they lose more than they win, and they don't make the playoffs. All that's possible. Um, it, it might even be likely, but I, I do think there's still this talented group, 
especially on the offensive side of the ball, that's in there somewhere that needs to just kind of land on something, build uh, build some momentum, and then go from there. Now, the problem is you start off with the Jets this week, then you go to the on the road to the Eagles, and that is a tough two-game stretch. And if it doesn't go well, um, they're in trouble. I, I didn't love what I saw from Josh Allen today, but I don't know that Ryan, the last three or four weeks reminds me a lot of 2021 right before that bucks game and what we saw and how they were going to pull themselves out of this weird lull that they were in. We saw it last year, right? Going to Detroit and playing that back and forth game. And it, it never really looked right, but they found ways to win. I do think the bills can get back to a point where they find ways to win. Am I predicting it? Am I saying definitively they're going to win enough games? They're going to make the playoffs? No, but I can see a path to it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. There's a path there. There's also the emotional aspect of changing a coordinator. Obviously, a different situation with the Raiders, and it was a head coaching change. But you know, look at how the Raiders have played under Pierce. Uh, the demeanor of the players, the demeanor in the locker room post game. Uh, if the bills come out and really show that, uh, you know, put up points early on this jets team that has been an Achilles heel to them, uh, that can get them feeling a whole different type of way going into a tough Eagles game. And, you know, it's in any given Sunday league. I really don't see a path to them winning that game, but I've seen a lot of upsets this year and over the course of my lifetime where I didn't see a path for a certain team to win and it's happened. So, uh, you know, I, I won't sit here and say never, you know, I'm going to say never say never because there is a lot of talent on this team. You protect the football. You don't have these four turnover type games. And I think the bills can, can be in all of these matchups. It's just about being able to, to make the right play at the end of the game, to score points at the end of the game, uh, for this defense to continue to, to move in the right direction. Obviously they've lost so many key players, but I think Russell Douglas had a really nice game. Uh, against Denver, uh, Linval Joseph and the D line, deep tackles, uh, struggled by pro football, f- uh, focuses metrics, but Joseph had a nice debut against the Bengals. Get those pieces mixed in, get them more comfortable. And, and maybe, you know, they can kind of lessen the, uh, the blow of not having Milano at that linebacker position, even though they don't have an answer in terms of a replacement for him. I'd love to see Josh Allen on the quarterback show. Um, I, I'd like to see behind the scenes a little bit just to kind of get a sense of what necessarily has shifted um, for him in terms of his comfort level, like the the way that he's operating right now, because I do agree with some of the commentary that he doesn't look like the same guy, right, that, that he did in past years. Part of me wonders how much that isn't so many different hands in the cookie jar. That is Josh Allen, right? Like he's this moldable piece of clay that they've tried to kind of develop support. And then over time, try to like change. And I thought it was interesting hearing him talk about what he has to do uh, and why he's made Tim Graham asked him about why he's played the way that he has. And he says, you know, guys have to evolve. Like you have to, you know, um, evolve over time. And it's like, sometimes you evolve too much and you change what makes you really good. So I look to Joe Brady more so than anything else. Can he silence the voices that are probably banging around in the head of Josh Allen and let him just go out and be the player that he has to be and kind of harken back somewhat to what he was in 2021. That's a big if, but it's in there. I mean, the player that he was is in there. 
Um, and at times he's had good moments this year. He's just got to put more of that together. Yeah, and you know, may, hopefully we find out tomorrow. But I would love to see Joe Brady on the sidelines on Sunday against the Jets, and I would love to see him get fired up the way Brian Dable would get fired up when Josh Allen and this offense did something good. Little, and I know that sounds silly, but little things like that fire up your players, get your players going a little bit too. Uh, I, I want to see him dial up some design quarterback runs. Tell Josh uh, if there's something not there after your first and second read, feel free to take off if there's a lane opening. He probably Josh Allen himself saying, you know, you have to evolve. I think that's almost been worked into his head that this offseason, we can't have you getting injured. We can't have you running as much. You can run and slide. You can run and protect yourself. You can run and go out of bounds. You don't have to run at the volume that you did with him early on in his career, but don't take that out of his game. Uh, we saw when he was running against the Buccaneers a few weeks ago how it caused a linebacker to come up field on a touchdown pass to Dalton Kincaid. It has its effect on defenses. So like you said, let Josh be Josh. Dial up things that are going to play to his strengths. Try to get him more comfortable playing under center. Uh, kind of get him out of that uh, pl- you know, shotgun snaps. Uh, you can still use RPOs. I know that those have had some success as well over the years. But you know, work to your strengths if you are Joe Brady and work to Josh's strengths in terms of what you've seen him do and when he's been at his best. If you want to be at your best, make sure you download the Tops Friendly Markets mobile app and get the most out of your shopping experience. Check out all the amazing benefits you have at the palm of your hand. Select your preferred store, browse and shop the weekly ad, or by specific department. Easily locate products at your preferred store with our built-in aisle directory enjoy contactless shopping with tops grocery pickup or delivery services clip digital coupons directly to your tops bonus plus card download the tops markets mobile app today all right ryan talbot uh hit that like button subscribe before you go we got to get out of here we'll be back for the preview show here in the in a couple days december 2nd get it on your calendar shout live returns to wingnuts 700 military road uh in north buffalo Uh, Inside Froth Brewing Company. Uh, We'll see you then. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.